0: our government should impose sanctions on the canadian government i'm not kidding and say we will not do business with canada we will shut down the border until you lift these vaccine mandates you want to choke out justin trudeau tell him he can't bring his maple syrup into america yes indeed everyone should watch out you know we should really close those borders that's of course the Words of the insane <laughs> Charlie Kirk. The Truckers for Freedom have support of, I think it's Elon Musk, Donald Trump, a lot of other American lunatics. Oh, and all
1: the... Like, honestly, it's like, if you want to see, like, the worst of America... Again, we try to focus on Canada here, mm-hmm. at least, you know, beyond maybe talking foreign policy, but, like, the all the worst voices in american politics love the the fucking I love convoy. it. They love it. They love it. They, they absolutely
0: love it. love it. And you're they probably the convoy. you're probably sick of hearing about it but uh, this is really our first show since This uh, protest happened and was really, you know, this convoy went across the country. So we got to talk about it uh, to start with. And then, of course, we want to talk after that about what is going on in the Conservative Party of Canada. Some of the big changes that could be happening. Of course, this is left turn Canada. I didn't say that off the top. Andy Burkowski, Christo Evelise were part of the Harbinger Podcast Network. Let's talk truckers for freedom. So, Christo, I don't know. About you, but I I really want to understand what point in time did the North American idea of what freedom is really change to such an individual concept of like what you as a consumer can do exactly what you want like every second of the day it's such this individualistic thing and doesn't seem to be at least what i perceive as freedom and i think most canadians are in this category not free having the economic freedom to and be in a workplace that provides you with your necessities have shelter have health care and most importantly have that freedom and that free time that you don't have to kill yourself because of these economic imperatives you know, you are a student of history. Is was there one moment when this happened, or is this just like a slow churn of capitalism kind of destroying this idea? Because I, I don't think I've ever agreed with any major protest that had freedom as their, you know, catchword.
1: Yeah, I mean, in general, like, you know, after after World War Two, there was like the post-war compromise that was built in which labor became more moderate. Um uh, and, and the, uh, the processes around uh, wages and, and workplace conditions became more bureaucratized both through unions, but also just through labor legislation. So whether you were in a union or just under the labor code, everything became more standardized. And in general, that did lead to better standards, mm-hmm. but it also, you know, kind of the movement became less, less direct in its demands. And by the 1970s, you started to see this kind of crackdown Um, You know, workers uh, in general, they do protest for freedom, but this isn't a workers protest. Yeah. Right. It's not like what we're seeing right now is not a workers protest. Uh, These truck for for, like I, I doubt the majority of them are truckers. Yeah. Right. There's like no way, it. like, right. if you own There's your no rig,
0: way. you can't take five, six, no. seven days off, no. and if you don't own your rig, I have a couple of friends and actually cousins who are truckers, they're vaccinated, they're part of that 90% of these workforces that are, like, they they hate this sort of thing, but I've been yeah. picking their brains a little bit, and it's just the insanity of being able, in that type of work, to leave for days at a time, just doesn't happen, it's kind of unfortunate with, with this industry, but if you own your rig, you own aren't the type of person that is suffering through the economic turmoil that a lot of other Canadian, most Canadians are right now. So it's extra fucking insulting for the actual truckers who are doing this, who are do this day in and day out because you are upset that you don't want to go to the doctor and get this happening. So anyways, continue. Sorry.
1: Yeah, no. So I mean, like this idea that like workers protest for freedom and workers do that, like workers in the 1970s and and even still today often protest for labor freedoms when governments vote them back to work and things like that, like Trudeau did to uh, Trudeau and O'Toole uh, and their and their parties did to the dock workers. Mm. You know, a few months ago last year, we talked about that, you know, when uh, wage controls were brought in by the first Trudeau government back in the 60s and 70s uh, that disproportionately affected. Uh, unionized workers, um, all of these things. But, like, these are not workers' protests. None of the demands are actually focused on what workers need. Now, maybe they're arguing, oh, it's about trying to protect your right to a job. And that you shouldn't be forced to get, you know, medicine to work on a job. But the fact of the matter is, like, there's there's nothing about wages, there's nothing about safety, there's nothing about anything. It's literally just anti-vax bullshit. Yeah. Right? It's just bullshit. There's not it's not even as if there's a suite of demands and one of them happens to be anti-mandate. Yeah. In which case, I, I would still call them wrong. But we could say, OK, look, we have a we have a set of things here. We can find some common ground. I understand that not everybody is going to see eye to eye to me on the mandate question. Some people that are even vaccinated may be anti mandate as a point of principle. They feel people should be vaccinated, but it's a bridge too far to mandate it. You know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we can have yeah, I think principled those people exist. arguments. Yeah. You can have principled disagreements with people. But these people are not like they're not workers. They're, like, they're not truckers even in many cases. Like, they're not there representing any sort of coherent working class message. It's just anti-vax bullshit and increasingly just, like, racism, <laughs> xenophobia, all of that Yeah, stuff, if, if right? your
0: workers' rights... Advocacy protest, and you have even a few Nazi flags. There was a great tweet that said, "If you're in a big protest with 100 people, I have never
1: seen a Nazi flag at any (laughs) rally I've been to. Never. Like this idea that, like, oh, it's just a couple people randomly showing up. I've never seen a Nazi flag." I've, I don't even think I, I mean, I've seen Confederate flags, you know, I grew up in a trailer park in the Maritimes. A lot of people <laughs> flew it because they're like the Dukes of Hazard. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I've never seen someone fly it like ideologically at like a rally. Being mm-hmm. like, you know, you're at like Labor Day. No one ever flies that shit, right? And it's leaders, like, yeah. too, that
0: have went like yeah. that have done, you know, live streams talking about the great, great replacement mm-hmm. and just like basic, absolute yeah. racist bullshit the, that the, everyone the knows the, right now.
1: Yeah, the head of the 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 so the, 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 insofar as there is like a leading voice, uh, the guy a couple years ago now posted a video Basically saying that the the white race is the, the has the strongest bloodline. Um, uh, God, they, they, I'm gonna sound like I'm on the Daily Stormer or whatever. <laughs> it's like you know what I mean. It's like they have the strongest bloodline, and. um...
0: You know, it's just it's everything just that's absurd, being
1: done yeah. is a conspiracy to eliminate or dilute the white race, which we've talked about this before. Um, you know, this was the ideology underpinning the shooter in New, G- in New Zealand in Christchurch, mm-hmm. who basically said that through um, uh, policies like mass immigration, white people are being replaced. And so white people are going to disappear unless something is done to stop it. Mm-hmm. And what is often done is the mass murder of Immigrant populations... Um, religious and ethnic minorities racial minorities um, you know there was a connection at least intellectually to the Quebec mosque shooter that was the 50th anniversary yeah none that, of us talked about that that really right? really
0: upset me because yeah. there was all yeah. these protesters in the region yeah. that I, I know there's accounts that they wanted to have you know more outdoor and active finally uh memorials for this horrible shooting that happened in in Quebec and that couldn't happen in many cases because 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 of a protest that is backed by the same right wing ideology that was proven to be thought of and at least admired by the shooter that ended the lives of those Muslim worshippers. So it's just like how how little time has passed that now we're reaching that reality where that's just something that's okay. I know you've seen stories of, you know, bylaw officers that are are in these regions where these protests are happening just saying, you know, we're we're not going to be pushing this, it'll just make it worse. And I think everyone, even the people who are who are suggesting that this is such a good thing, I think there's some disillusionment here and a little bit of disassociation. Like people know that this isn't just about freedom. I I, I can't imagine that the grift is that you know, intense and and can't be uh, looked through because, you know, what these people are actually representing. And you know that the governments that are angry about this or the governments in many cases, you know, uh, conservative MPs that are showing at least tacit, if not public support would never show the same support for land defenders that are trying to defend, you know, against the the militarized army. Like, There's no shot.
1: Where's a uh, Tamara Lich? Oh, this girl, this say, woman yeah. is so, hilarious. No, Go look, ahead. Look, 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 look. For legal purposes, I can't necessarily say that they uh, took all the money and ran on the GoFundMe, <laughs> but I have read some reports suggesting that she's gone awol mm-hmm. and the money is not being fully distributed. And they've raised millions. Right? Yeah, she did take case, a million out. That is yeah,
0: confirmed yeah, that the yeah. one of these supporters, they raised $10 million for these truckers. And she did take a million out. And apparently now she's a little hard to find. So, yeah. you know, do that with yeah. you, Will.
1: But somebody uh, somebody did, a fr- friend of the show, Terry uh, Terry Rodney, or Tori Rodney, who is a, you know, a uh, great left-wing Twitter user. I don't know if, they, if they're if they a regular listener, but I do know they listen sometimes. They They brought up a great tweet. Uh, and this was somebody was somebody tweeted in October of 2021. Good morning. Question for the group. Do you remember when the moment this all stopped making sense to you? If so, when what moment? And this Tamra person says, to be honest, it was when lefties started blockading the railways and trying to light them on fire and no one did a thing
0: jesus so, so that's that's the supporter that's the yeah, one that was like trying to start yeah. this, so this this whole is movement. one of the
1: the organizers of the event one of the organized the, the 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 head fundraiser on the GoFundMe, which again raised a minimum of like nine something yeah like like close raised to 10 more million money than any political party did i think in 2021 for mm-hmm. perspective raised a ton of money um and uh, basically saying, oh yeah, the blockades by indigenous people and their allies uh, are, are what ruined this country or what let me know this country was ruined. Mm-hmm. And Aaron O'Toole has done this bullshit Two People have called him out on it where he's like, we must end the blockades. And you know, uh, he uh, at least, at least for a while, supported this. We'll talk about Arado Tool getting, getting, uh, getting stabbed <laughs> by thirty-five knives minimum in the <laughs> back right now. Um, but the uh, the. The reality is like none of this is like an organic working class protest. None of it yeah. is. None of it is. Um, and like there we, we shouldn't validate that. There is no legitimate working class concern here. We and and I mean Andy's alluded to this, but like maybe we can play one of the clips of Jug Meat because Jug Meat's talked yeah. about he had this. Some good but bits. um mm-hmm.
0: one of the things that, that has come up is that um this shows that police do know how to de-escalate. I mean, th- these are these is a convoy that has shut down businesses, shut down small businesses,
1: harassed people. They have had heinous act- actions. Uh, they have they have defaced uh, or or they have desecrated the the war memorial and the tomb of the unknown soldier. They've vandalized the Terry Fox monument. They've done some pretty horrible things. And the police have shown um, some restraint and de-escalation that you know many racialized people wish were sown to, to them like the reality is there are a lot of issues truckers are facing mm-hmm. truckers are facing a ton of issues uh, everything from like workplace surveillance like more and more technology including by like techno techno fucks like elon musk oh. are trying to automate them out of existence so elon says the truckers are great but his goal is to make them all unemployable and displace them all um yeah. with you know with uh, self driving um but also like they're they're designing new things so that truckers can't even like take breaks without the you know the, the central company knowing oh they can't um, sleep and, and drive issues. safely
0: yeah. because exactly. it, it, they're on such of this you know amortized rate of how all businesses okay. seem to be in this way like it's a real yeah. danger and when we're dealing with something like this you know that has to do with supply chains and the importance of that and, and workers like you're right there's some huge issues here and it's insulting that this becomes the face of it i think a lot of truckers well, yeah. have yeah go ahead
1: Yeah, well, yeah, but like before before the the, this before this started, there were protests in Western Canada by truck drivers talking about wages and safety and all those sorts of things. And then, you know, there was a really good Toronto Star article out a few days ago saying that this like this convoy has just totally taken away any attention from the actual material conditions of workers. And now and this is like the fucking peak irony shit, right? Like. (laughs) Like you could not design a story more like iron, like irony laden, yeah. which is that in part because of these these like convoy ghouls, um, like the border is struggling, like they're facing issues, and the result is that many truckers, Canadian truckers, predominantly South Asian. Are mm-hmm. like trapped in the United States right now, yeah. or are in Canada and, and are unable to get their shipments done because of all of the BS, mm-hmm. right? So we have like we have South Asian truck drivers stuck, uh, hundreds all, of them all, apparently, yeah, in Montana. Apparently, they, they don't they don't have access to anything. They're stuck in Montana, like you know, in the Alberta Montana crossover location, and like you know, like no one's really paying attention to them, and it's just very telling that the workers who were concerned as workers about workers issues are predominantly vaccinated. They are much better reflective of the racial diversity of their industry. And it is a diverse industry. There's a lot of South Asian truck drivers and people of many backgrounds, um, whereas, and they're the ones suffering. Mm -hmm. Whereas the overwhelmingly white, not even really trucker, uh, not at all focused on working class conditions. People are just peeing and shitting all over Ottawa, not <laughs> helping anyone. Yeah. And in fact, they're making lives worse for working people. Yeah. They're, they're literally fucking stealing from the homeless. Yeah. That they're was stealing crazy. from homeless shelters because no restaurant will take them. It's you know, the no restaurant will, will, will seat them because they, they don't wear masks. They're not vaccinated, blah, 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 in many cases. And then also like, so they'll go to the homeless shelter and, and they try to basically bully them into getting food. Um, they're shut like the mall. And for those who don't know, Ottawa has like a downtown mall, which is kind of like right in the city center, just a block and a half, two blocks away from parliament and like in the general like government place where a lot of these, um, you know, these, these, these uh, ghouls are, are <laughs> con- con- conversing or, uh, uh, you know, converging mm-hmm. and um, they've had to shut that mall down. So, like, whether it's, like, you need services from the mall, it's got a lot of the shopping, a lot of people in the downtown. do. You, or if you're, like, a working class person, you just, like, lost pay. Yeah. You know, a lot of people who work at these jobs don't get salaries. Like, they're just out their hourly wage. Right?
0: Yeah, no, it's it's a huge you know? disservice. And I think you, you touched on it there. And it's one of the kind of more insidious issues with... This entire convoy, like the the ones on its face, we can see. You know, it's backed by actual racist ideology with actual racists that don't represent the actual workers. It's not a workers movement, but because it isn't a workers movement and it is these things, and it's parading like it is, we get to hear neoliberal governmental entities kind of shitting on workers movements because this is being co opted into that messaging. They're hurting. The actual freedom for truckers going forward because of this. We're giving a free pass for. People that never really interact with uh, workers' rights in this way to make this an issue about vaccinations. You're, you're like this is always the most insane thing when we yeah. talk about any sort of real conspiracy theory thing. When you turn it into these paradigms, if these is if this is the language in which we communicate your injustices, the powers that be will fight back with their alternative. They won't actually dive into the real issues of like you were talking about earlier about this. Uh, economic scarcity and and this work, this job that I think for a long time represented, you know, uh, workers having some chance of upward mobility. It was a tough job, but if you were able to get into it and and continue with it, it was one that could pay well and, and provide kind of uh, a a guaranteed income that a lot of other jobs didn't have. That, of course, like almost every other job, is being eroded by capitalism, and instead of Putting the powers that be at task for that, you are arranging thousands of other lunatics that probably aren't truckers to converge in one place and essentially just have a tantrum. Like it is so short sighted, it is so easily manipulated by other powers that be. Like it's just really embarrassing and and shameful in ways that I don't think most people are considering. Like it, it cuts at the heart of everything that's that I think well, is wrong. Yeah. Go ahead. Well a
1: couple of things one is like that you know a couple of days ago even like a lot of truckers like there was something called the truckers alliance now I don't I don't know how representative this truckers alliance is it's certainly not like a formal union or anything but I believe they were a, at least a, a a loose confederation of truck drivers who were anti-mandate right mm-hmm. But even they were like, you know, this this convoy really isn't representing us. Uh, it's been, uh, you know, attached with a lot of people that aren't part of our movement that are representing values that are not connected to what we're demanding, and and, and so there's that. And and again, I, I I you know beyond like the left and a few media sources here and there, there really hasn't been enough to to bring up that a lot of workers are. Um, that the, the 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 main concerns of truckers mm-hmm. are not vaccine related. They're they're all the 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 issues that uh, pre existed COVID and and will exist after it.
0: Yeah, and it's such a shame that that isn't the conversation. And once you know, eventually these truckers dwindle because even right now the protests are dwindling. It has been much larger in the last week, but it's uh, it's becoming smaller and smaller. Once it does go to just fringe elements only. We won't have the conversations that we need. And now I think we have a unique kind of unfortunate opportunity for the liberal party to identify this as the enemy. You know, like this is why we have to work with the more moderate conservatives, because look what's on this other side that's lurking in conservatism. So your life is going to get, unfortunately, more and more right-wing, and things are going to get worse and worse, but it could be so much worse because, you well, know, I don't look know who Trudeau's the bad guy is. going to
1: classify it as, like, working with the moderate conservatives. I do think that, uh, and, and and to some degree, like, it's it fair to some degree, um, Tr- Justin Trudeau would be correct in criticizing the conservatives here, and the NDP has as well. Mm-hmm. Like, because, look, look a, a non-trivial amount of conservative members of parliament have aligned themselves with this movement right yeah absolutely they've they've met with them they've taken pictures with them they've called their protests legitimate that includes the current for who knows by the time this goes out but the (laughs) current leader of the conservative party erin o'toole and other top ministers and just you know random backbenchers some mps met them along the way like some of them met them out west like in their ridings out on the prairies um so yeah this this definitely will be used by justin trudeau to to, to paint the conservatives as a, aligning with neo-nazis but you know unlike sometimes where trudeau makes a bigger boogeyman out of the conservatives than warranted and this time it's kind of accurate because they literally are back in mm-hmm. movement that is openly comfortable with neo-nazis yeah um and so right now and maybe this can segue into this this next discussion i mean erin o'toole um, is facing a, a... Yeah, before
0: we get to that, just really yeah. quick, because we gotta we, we don't often get them, but we got a question for our, our Discord here. Yeah. Just kind of closing off some of the, uh, the Truckers for Freedom talk that's been happening here. This is from Zach Attack. And again, if you want to be uh, asking questions on the show, you can support us on patreon.com slash leftturncanada. Very, very small amount. It's just about creating that community. So I, I thought this was interesting. Zach asks... With the growth of the Freedom Convoy being in large part due to the Canadian media's coverage, how do you think the Canadian media needs to be changed when talking about political movements and topics? Now, if you haven't seen it, there has been a lot of kind of both sidesism, or perhaps more of just any change, anything that happened was being reported. So if it moved to a new area, a new city, there was more of that on global medias and then also excuse me, uh, national medias and then also more local media. So the the question is, you know, how does that affect this movement that we've already identified is racist and and hurts people and is just fucking bad generally? How do you think the media apparatus here in Canada has either you know made that worse or better and what do you think could uh needs to be changed
1: like i do think it's a mixture like i saw there was a very like uh and it, it, it did quite well on like social media and it was a picture of like a large group of canadians uh in the four in the backgrounds sh- sharing signs like hate does not define us and all are welcome and then it showed the media all like you know dozens of cameras focused in on like a Nazi, a KKK person, a Confederate f- flag holder, <laughs> basically implying that this is a media creation. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's true. I do think, to some degree, the media tends to amplify the voices of right-wing social protest more than left-wing social protest mm-hmm. or anti-racist social protest so whether it's uh economically left-wing protests like labor issues or whether it's you know uh on focused on race or or gender or or, or what have you I feel like the left doesn't get as much coverage yeah uh, you know a few hundred thousand young people in Montreal uh, protesting uh climate change got coverage it didn't get ignored don't don't get me wrong but it didn't get the coverage that these truckers are getting Mm-hmm. It, there's it, it just didn't right um and uh, you know if you remember there was like a few years ago there was like the united we roll thing there was another truckers protest and they were like gonna go all the way to ottawa to protest justin trudeau or some bullshit and it turned out that it was like a few dozen trucks mm. but it got like days and days of coverage and there were like more journalists right yeah there were like more journalists but there was a trump in the states the same thing there was like a trump rally uh, or a rally by people to protest the political imprisonment of the the January sixth rioters, and one of those early riot there there were protests it was estimated there were more journalists than <laughs> than than participants Jesus so there is a sense that like right wing stuff does get overcovered mm-hmm. um and so I do think that like the media needs to ask itself, how organic are these protests really like how representative are they really? Like, it doesn't mean don't cover them, but is this actually a grassroots organic uprising of, like, truckers against uh, a ty- tyrannical government or a bad government policy or what have you? Or is, ju- is this, you know, astroturfing? Where's the money coming from? Because right-wingers can create this fake organic nature in part because they do have more media control than the left, and they mm-hmm. often have at least, uh, in, in relative terms, access to more money. And so, um, the media needs to do a better job of that. On the other hand, it shouldn't simply be ignored because Canada does have a far right problem. Mm-hmm. Like we do, we have we have an issue with the far right. We have we have mass shootings here. Uh, more in the last few years, I think there's something more Muslims have been killed in Canada than any other G seven country. Um, you know, the 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 w- there was another report out that. Uh, looking at the, the, the Internet, like social media footprints and Internet creators and all of that, that Canada per capita, at least among, uh, you know, the, the, the leading nations, produces more right far right content and hate than than any other country. Per and capita, consumes it as well. more. North I believe
0: per, as well. That yeah? was the thing per capita as well that they mm-hmm. consumed more as well.
1: Yeah, I don't know about the, but I certainly know that like we're an exporter of hate, Mm -hmm. and we and we have like a good domestic production (laughs) and distribution of hate, and so like you know this is like it's it's real in a sense that obviously this is something like what happened is something, and I think there there maybe is a point to saying that if it didn't get wall to wall twenty four seven coverage, maybe a few less people would have joined, but I don't know if that's what's driving it in in a sense, but it does give it. The, the, you know the way it was covered and and Nora Loretto and and uh did this in on Twitter and I know that her and Sandy uh did a you know Nora and Sandy the podcast they did a an episode I think on this uh uh on uh, a deep dive into the truckers what she said is that like the media gave it like like really sympathetic framing at least at first mm-hmm. which is to say they painted it as like a principled protest against the mandates that went wrong yeah. When it was never about the mandates, like this trucker, it was always from the beginning about like being anti-vaccination, and like right again, like all forms of like right wing supremacy, like mm-hmm. you know uh, white supremacy, uh, all of that stuff. Like a lot of like connections to the American right, uh, anti-immigrant statements, yeah. all of those sorts of things. Um, and so the media certainly has to do a better job at how it covers the far right and it has to treat them less in in, in a good faith manner because i think it's like they're they always treat these things as like oh this is a group of organic grassroots movements of working class people protesting the elite policymakers in ottawa mm-hmm. right yeah but when it's like well they're not always truckers you know all of that right so i definitely think that's that's something to look out for yeah it's, i don't it, think the media created this convoy mm-hmm but it, it did legitimize it at least in uh, for a period. And now the, the media then tried to scramble and do its job. Um, and even then, I don't know if it's necessarily redeemed itself.
0: Yeah, I, I do think that at the core of this question, uh, the answer kind of lies in a little bit of what we and um, the people at Harbinger are trying to do. If you look at the people that are consuming you know, mass media, mega media here in Canada. There is a bigger market, unfortunately, for more centrist right wingers that are right now consuming more mainstream media. So, having a created alternative that is supposed to represent, you know, a perspective that maybe isn't just populated by people who are only supported by, you know, right wingers and centrists that have a, a little bit of a broader world view will not even broader right an antithetical <laughs> worldview to that will provide a different sort of perspective that is just missing like I think at its core that's something that you can gleam and, so and give and us understand. money on Patreon <laughs> see there's no reality where anything yeah. you gave us would even like amount no. to like a quarter no, no, of no, a quarter sure. of a quarter of even the most like middling type of brackets it's amazing the money that is thrown into media apparatus here in Canada even through the United States in many cases, so even if well, I
1: mean, we have to look at a lot of these right wing things. Like if you look at a U- even on a YouTube, if you look at right wing news, it's almost like there. There are some crowdfunding, but it's almost always like funded by bigger groups. Yeah, right? exactly. People that are almost willing to lose money on these podcasts because like they produce value in a cultural sense.
0: The Canada Post like a, is a great yeah. example of that.
1: Really. But if we look here, if we look, actually, I don't know what this first show is. It's like a new thing. But if you look here uh, on news commentary, it's the it's the thing that when we were, when uh, you find us on the charts, the category we're in, almost most of the content is right wing. Number two right now is Canada Land, which are pretty centrist, uh, mm-hmm. but on some issues can be center-left. Uh, then you have The Rebel. Then you have a, a podcast from New, uh, The New Yorker. But then you have The Daily Wire. You have Dan Bongino. You have Dave Rubin. You have Megyn Kelly. You have all of these sorts of things. Now, there are some centrists. like The Daily Beast has one up here, but it's almost all-American and disproportionately right-wing. Mm-hmm. Like We come in, I think, currently at 39th right now on the list. And like, you got like a lot of American stuff ahead of us.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely, and it is interesting to see that dynamic, even in a place where you thought you know podcasts and are not exactly mainstream, so to speak. They're not you know the New York Times or anything like that. But it is something that you thought maybe there would be an alternative sort of presence, and well, even podcasts then, podcasts
1: are mainstream. It's like you know yeah. Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan's podcast pulls in more than 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 mainstream yeah. media does. But like, but the, the legacy
0: the, the media, the, I meant. Yeah. yeah, more like yeah, that. yeah.
1: But the fact of the matter is that like. Yeah, the the right wing media ecosystem is incredibly powerful, and that's probably why you know this protest would have happened without, say, the mainstream media covering it. Mm-hmm. But it, how the media covers uh, these right wing social movements needs to change, right? Like we saw some of it too with um, uh, you know anti lockdown protests. Yeah. by like businesses that would like open and they were almost they were sort of ridiculed by some journalists but often treated as like renegade freedom fighters you know, opening up their rib place <laughs> on the outskirts of Toronto, and then yeah, no, he he went out of a business,
0: yeah. and you can still yeah. buy some of the stuff from his restaurant at a real low price. They got some great smokers there. I was actually yeah, okay. so that, again, if you want to pick the bones of some lunatic that that tried to be popular by you know inciting this this weird idea of no mandates and, and this internalized hate, well. So enough of these truckers, let's talk about a man we've discussed many times here on the show, one of the most disliked politicians here in Canada, and he oh, yeah. ma- he may be a politician no more, so we, we talked about it at the top, he's been stabbed in the back, conservative leader Aaron O'Toole, by at least 35, there could be even more conservative yeah, MPs. Last time
1: we, as of recording, the 35 conservative MPs, and we're not necessarily clear who who it is, but um, they um, they got th- they wrote a letter basically saying they intend to challenge mm-hmm. uh, Aaron O'Toole's leadership.
0: Now, I'm not exactly um, a, certain how this works, like, I guess practically. it Was there a certain amount wherein this letter, you know, this sort of revolt, so to speak, would be I think considered? What they would or? do is,
1: like, if, yeah, you need a minimum amount of signatures. I'm not exactly sure in the process, it might be a percentage of the caucus, mm. and then there'll be a caucus vote. Uh, I don't know if, I believe the Conservatives are the only party that has this formal mechanism. Uh, it's like the British style, uh, where, where the, the British parties often do the same thing as Australian parties. Uh, and if the General Caucus votes to uh, him out, I believe he would respect, that. he said he would respect the results of a vote mm-hmm. and, and he would be removed. Uh, we don't normally see this kind of process formally, at least in the other parties. Yeah. Although if, I believe in most cases, a, a leader that lost the support of a majority of their caucus would generally resign mm-hmm. uh, because it would, would not be a good sign. Um, but what you're seeing right now is Aaron O'Toole really trying to like fight for his life. Right. Yeah. And he's kind of like flailing. Uh, this is a guy who ran at least uh, on, on optics and rhetoric as something of a moderate. Uh, it didn't work. It didn't fail spectacularly. Again, he did win the popular vote. Um, you know uh, and and did win uh you know a, a respectable amount of seats mm-hmm. but now i think there's a sense that uh the 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 caucus is 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 unhappy and on the one hand he tried to go at the NDP I don't know if you saw this tweet
0: yeah Where no he, I got I got them here it's a really interesting set of tweets that I I'm, I might even yeah. read in its totality here just to get yeah. our perspective so if you haven't seen this that, that was announced that he he was stabbed in the back and this is what Aaron O'Toole had to say on Twitter there are two roads open to the conservative party of Canada one is the road of Randy Hillier and Derek Sloan it is angry negative and extreme it is a dead end one that would see the party of Confederate become the NDP of the right. The other road is better is to better reflect the Canada of 2022, to recognize that conservatism is organic, not static, and that a winning message is one of inclusion, optimism, ideas, and hope. There's a report tonight, members of the caucus, yada. yada he's going to respect the vote, and then he says, I'm not going anywhere, I'm not turning back, Canada needs us to be united and serious, it's time for a reckoning to settle this in-caucus right here, right now, once and for all is it anger versus optimism that is a choice in simple terms so i i find that fascinating one like you said that he invoked the ndp and that he is really putting himself in opposition of these forces that I think perhaps want to, like, maybe that's a mistake. Like, maybe there are forces that that want to see the conservative party here. We say it before, it's either going to be socialism or barbarism. What's your take on this idea that the conservatives aren't actually the party of, you know, Randy Hillier and Derek Sloan, and that this movement within is strong enough that, you know, it calls for a leader that represents those more outwardly, at least, you know, extreme values.
1: Well, I think that's what O'Toole is trying to say, is that right now, his repre- his interpretation is that under him, and he might even say under Stephen Harper, you know, mm-hmm. we were a conservative party, but we weren't, you know, anti-science. In a, they were. I, I'm, I'm trying to be charitable to him. You know, the, <laughs> Stephen Harper didn't wasn't anti-vaccination. Stephen Harper you know, didn't try to ban gay marriage, didn't try to ban abortion, things like that. And he's saying that we need to have build an inclusive conservatism. Again, uh, after the heart, after the uh, loss of the 2012 Republicans, uh, before they actually did go on the Trump train and it did work for them, unfortunately, they said, let's look to the Canadian conservatives and how they're able to win votes among non-white populations. Maybe mm. we can do the same thing. Um, and so maybe what he's trying to say is that's the conservative party we should be, that you know is conservative has these you know center right values but is welcoming to all Canadians and i think the implication is the people that are trying to coup him and i don't know all of the 35 they might not all exclusively be right of hit, like right like you know right on the right wing of the party maybe there's people that are on the on the right wing fringe that want him gone maybe there's other people that are more moderate in the party but just don't think he's the guy to get it done and they've made their decision um but that's what he's trying to to, to Mm -hmm. do to make a case to Canadians and to the caucus in general and maybe to the base that like, if I get chucked out, the next person is going to be a right wing crazy. And if they're a right wing crazy, we're not going to win. See, I, you know, I think Trudeau's he's just
0: I think he's right that the next person will be a right wing crazy. But I'm not as positive of the other sentiment that they won't win. Like, I don't know who are the conservatives right now in Canada. The percentage of them that are watching, like, for instance, this freedom convoy and thinking that it's a horrible thing. But identify as conservative like I, I really don't know what that percentage is, but I, I, I got to say from what we've seen of how the party is moving of what we've seen with movements like this in the country that there is a large percentage of conservatives that identify with maybe not as outwardly maybe not as you know braggadociously as as other extreme right wingers but they essentially believe the same thing and they want someone who's going to win you know I I really see it as maybe there's more people there that are in that camp than O'Toole is willing to acknowledge or else why would he be so universally hated like I just something's not computing for me here I don't know what I'm missing
1: well i mean uh, eventually the conservatives will win like like yeah under the first past the post system which justin trudeau keeps and this is something i've been talking about on social media is that like this whole this whole week has really tearing down one of justin trudeau's narratives which is like we need first past the post because if we didn't have first past the post and we had a proportional system then the the, the, the ppc would rise and the, we'd have an opposition party dominated by extremists when it's like, look, man, like we got Nazi flag waivers in <laughs> uh, in front of parliament and that movement is endorsed by the Conservative Party, right? Yeah, yeah. Like the reality is like the Conservative Party has the capacity to be extreme and under the first past the post system, they can form a majority with like 35 to 40% of the vote. Now, right now, they're, they're not in that position and right now... They don't have enough support outside of Alberta and Saskatchewan such that they can build a a majority with 35. The Conservatives would likely need to be closer to 40 to win a, a true majority like they did in 2011, which was possible because Stephen Harper had a good result in suburban Ontario, right? That's the whole reason he won mm-hmm. that majority. He was able to get seats um, in the outskirts of the tur- kind of doing what Doug Ford did in many ways. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality is that, um, you know, eventually they would win, but I do think that if there's a sense that, you know, you know, you Canadians are afraid of the potential right wing nature of the conservative party, then they will be more afraid under li- the, the person that will likely replace Aaron O'Toole. Um, why Canadians hate him if they, oh, if they, if they're open to moderate conservatism? Well, there's the reality that the, they could hate the next person even more,
0: right? Mm. Like they, you know
1: what I mean. That most Canadians identify themselves as ABC or just you know, even if they're not ABC voters, um, you know, they're generally fine with the other parties, but not with the Conservative Party, uh, and so he's always in a difficult position. Um, and I think part of it is that he's he's not even fucking consistent on what he said in that tweet yeah <laughs> right like Aaron o'toole in a sense is certainly more moderate than than i think a lot of his party and we've seen him take some stands against the right wing of his party so for instance we we've talked about this when um um when he you know said oh we're gonna we're still gonna believe in climate change even mm-hmm. though the members oh of yeah party, yeah that yeah. insane and thing so <laughs> that was him rejecting the base of his party in a sense yeah. which is me you know uh, to take the you know uh the correct like uh, like you know basic very basic position yeah Yeah. (laughs) and there's probably the politically correct position as well because most canadians believe in climate change blah 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 but the reality is that like he's he he met with these truckers he knew what they were he Mm -hmm. knew he knew what they were and he still praised them the reason he did that was because he believes that in this like right-wing message he's he doesn't support mandates in the same way the other parties do um all of those sorts of things. And he's afraid of the right wing base. Mm-hmm. And so while he puts that out, uh, I believe there, there was a, there was a, uh, an article that came out uh, er, earlier this afternoon, later this afternoon um, that, that said something along the lines that Aaron O'Toole would be willing to like take new, po- take, like to change up his policy position.
0: Yeah. It's wild. So <laughs> in
1: a, Yeah. So in a sense, he, you know, he can say something along the lines of like, You know, he could say something along the lines of like, oh, well, I have these principles and we're not going to become the NDP of the right. You know, basically he's saying the NDP are equivalent to Nazis. Um, (laughs) You know, we're not going to do that. But like, if I do survive this, I'm open to making policy changes when he damn well knows what those policy changes are going to entail is the very thing he just spoke out against. I'm trying to find. O'Toole tells MPs he's open to changing policies if he survives caucus revolt. Sources. So embattled conservative leader Aaron O'Toole told MPs Tuesday he was open to changing his party's policies should he survive a caucus vote on his leadership. O'Toole faces what he called a reckoning after 35 MPs uh, signed a petition to force a vote on his leadership. Uh, their rule basically says, um, this is conservative party rules, uh, that if if he loses the vote by a simple majority, an, um, a, an interim leader will be immediately installed and they'll open up the process to, to elect a new leader. So basically what he said um, that, you know, he he uh, he's willing to change the policies. <laughs> so he's he has this like this this public face where he's like, I'm resisting the far right in my party. Yeah. And then behind the scenes, he's like, please, guys, let me keep my job. I'll I'll change the policies. I don't know if that's going to work. Right. Yeah, because, um, you know, some people are saying it's too late. And in in others are saying that even if you just change that. Um, He has no credibility. If people don't trust him, he's not going to be able to deliver. He's lost so many
0: times too. He's just, he's lost enough. Well, he's
1: only, he was lost once, but again, as you've noted, he's, 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 he's incredibly unpopular. Mm -hmm. He's incredibly unpopular. He's consistently the most unpopular uh, major party leader. Um, And you know, Justin Trudeau is often The only one who's consistently popular is Jagmeet Singh, but you know, with Trudeau, there's the excuse that he's been prime minister for, you know, the better part of a decade now. Mm-hmm. And when you're prime minister for a long time, you know, people start to dislike you. So it, it makes sense that, you know, Trudeau has a negative rating. But if you're a leader of the opposition and you're already more unpopular than a seven, <laughs> you know, seven year, eight year prime minister, then you're doing something wrong. Right? Yeah, no um, I, I do it,
0: I do wonder if because it is it's fascinating to look at like you said he might be out of time maybe he's just wriggling to try to appeal to this group while like you said putting a public face suggesting that he represents something that needs to happen a more righteous claim when really you know we, we see that he's wriggling from a leftist perspective looking in on this someone who want who understands the pitfalls of our current first past the post system and knows we're probably gonna have in the next decade a couple of backs and forths unless there is some change unless there is the movements that we want of liberal conservative parties would you rather a prime minister or tool or you know just you know for a debate's sake a prime minister i think his name is uh Polyver or something like that a more right-wing yeah. absolutely insane I low MP, a conservative MP that is very outward of the things that O'Toole does not claim to at least represent. If you had to choose between both of those, you know, I do think it's interesting because on the one hand, you know, if we if we get the same type of faux moderate outward facing politicians when really they're supported and maybe even believe some extreme right wing things. We're just going to have that back and forth because it gets those ABC voters uh, kind of permission. But if the conservative party is more steelied with someone who is, it was saying outwardly the things that they actually believe you know, is there a chance now for the NDP if we had Polyver for the NDP to to rise as an actual alternative to that? So I I, I don't know really.
1: My view is that like someone like Polievre would make Polyevra, them less sorry. likely to yeah <laughs> would make them less likely to win. Yeah. Um, Okay. Yeah, I I do. I do think so. Maybe he mobilizes the base. Maybe he pulls in some of the lost support to the PPC, things like that. Who knows? But I think that in general, like, you know, moving to that direction will make it harder for them. But on the other hand, again, in general, you know, Canada will throw out a government. What we've seen often in Canada is that after a long liberal government, they tend to you know, throw them out and elect conservatives, right? And often big ones. The two biggest governments in Canadian history were massive conservative majorities following longtime liberal times in power. So for instance, Diefenbaker became prime minister uh, and won a massive majority, at least in his second election. But Diefenbaker became prime minister at a time where for basically from 1935 until the mid-1950s, the liberals were in power. Mm -hmm. Right. And then he won a massive majority Uh, and then went back to the liberals pretty quickly. And then uh, Brian Mulroney became prime minister, where basically from, you know, the early 1960s until the early 1980s, it had been entirely liberal government. So eventually the conservatives will win, whether it's with, you know, eventually. And so is now the time? I don't know. Right. Like is if they pick a ghoul like an out and out ghoul (laughs) like Polyevra, Evra, does that actually get it done? I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I have no clue. What I do know is is that hmm. you know Justin Trudeau will be to blame. Like I've talked about this, Justin Trudeau will be to blame for the next Conservative government, especially if it's a majority, because he kept the, uh, this broken first past the post system. Yeah, uh, like that's the simple reality. Because that's the only way it's going to happen. Conservative party would never win fifty percent of the vote in in a federal context. Just never, never would happen. No party would. I don't think. But uh, the Conservatives far less likely than the Liberals. To get to fifty percent, when you look at like,
0: you know, where, voter where like, live, accessible yeah. voter pools, right? <laughs> yeah. You
1: know, the conservatives have a, a smaller accessible voter pool in some cases than the NDP, uh, because the NDP has way more second choice support from both liberals and conservatives and Greens and many people that don't have the conservatives as their first choice don't have the conservatives at all as a second mm. choice, right? Um, and so that's um, that's a reality here. Uh, on the other hand, there's not a necessarily a 100% out-and-out guarantee that you get, like, a hardcore right-winger. Somebody that's seen as more, quote-unquote, moderate could run and could win. You could see a high-profile woman MP run, and maybe that'll be something that, that shakes things up. I don't know. No, Nothing is guaranteed, of course, yeah. right? But I, I do think that if they turf O'Toole, um, they are definitely going to uh, move in a right-wing direction, uh, yeah. at least in rhetoric. Um, if not in like actual nuts and bolts policy, but um, and that'll make it harder for them to win. And I think one thing, and we've talked about this, we've talked about this, but um, one thing I've said about maybe why they should keep O'Toole is one, he didn't necessarily do all that bad like in the grand scheme, but, but more importantly than that is that every new conservative leader is another new opportunity to boogeyman. Mm. And... They've been switching leaders frequently, like they gave uh, Sheer one shot and it looks like they're going to give O'Toole one shot. And so every time you get a new leader, there's new things you can boogeyman about mm-hmm. with Aaron O'Toole. If he was to run a second time, and this is not a guarantee, of course, uh, boogeymanning about Aaron Toole, the, the, the radical right winger might not hold the same weight. Right. Because people already know who he is. And like, that's something to consider if they pick Paulie Evra, who's relatively well-known, but most Canadians won't know who he is. Most Canadians don't know, um, most, you know, backbenchers and whatnot. Yes. Thankfully, thankfully. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But like, um, you know, they would, they would, you know, you'd be, it'd be a new, a, a new moment of bringing all of that dirt up and then you'd have the same, the same issue. So I, I definitely think that, uh, He's in trouble. One question and the the article that we quoted from notes this is that, well, what happens if he survives the challenge? Mm -hmm. What happens to that minimum 35 MPs that went against him?
0: Yeah, does he clear house? Does he well, recognize exactly. does that? He, yeah. Does he boot
1: them from caucus? Mm-hmm. Can he do that? Um, some of those ridings, maybe I guess they could just replace them in uh, you know with uh, with new candidates. Uh, they might vote conservative no matter what. But do some of those people join the PPC? Do they run as independents? Do they form like a new conservative party between the conservatives and the PPC? Wow. Um, does 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 O'Toole realize maybe that even if he can win a vote? Is it is it possible for him to stay on? What if he gets say sixty percent of the caucus to back him? Mm -hmm. That's like fifty some MPs going against him, right?
0: (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, you know I mean? he's, he's and in a like, position. D- d- it's, it's you fascinating. Can't kick here. Them all out, right. You mm-hmm. can't kick
1: them all out at that point. Well,
0: maybe so that's why he, is, he sourced that story, right. Of that idea yeah. or not him, but perhaps it's been released that he's, he's talking behind the scenes that he's willing to change because like you said, Oh yeah, that's
1: hundred percent. He's doing the math, that, that. right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. And he's at, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. He's got to look like he's conciliatory. He's trying to maybe stop that group from growing larger that's a hundred percent what he's what he's doing. He's trying to save his job, right? Yeah. So 100%. I
0: do wonder if there is a reality, and I'm not quite as sold on the insane right winger becoming the leader of the Conservative Party necessarily being the worst thing for Canada. Like, I, unfortunately, it is a little uh, nihilistic, but this idea that there is more, you know outward representation of what these party ideals actually are like what the caucus actually believes there's I, i'm wondering if there is a time or moment in in our history in in the current moment in Canada that this could be met with a stronger left wing response if it would just be perhaps the need for that my my concern is that things keep getting worse in real Tangible ways that we can see for most people, and and unfortunately, most of the people who are poor and and uh, minorities in this country. So. It's keep getting worse for them, but our leaders on either side of uh, the two major parties with the ABC voters are not being reflective of the actual constituents and are essentially trying to keep the veneer of of past uh, past times in capitalism, when now it is something wildly different. I do wonder if we had a more dangerous, and I think it's safe to say, a more, a more dangerous leader that believes outwardly more horrendous things would that enrich and embolden canadians to support an incredibly popular leader that's already proven that he can, you know, push forward ideas that would be considered left-wing at least by those abc voters in jugmeet that is maybe going to become more of that statesman like is is there a way that this could work for the ndp and moreover for stronger left wing and even socialist ideals here in Canada, I'm trying to find some kind of gilded, you know, <laughs> option here. I, mean, I
1: don't know, right? I yeah. understand, like, almost I know you're not making the accelerationist argument. Like, try some not argue to. That, try that, not that, like, to. That, yeah. that, that, oh, Donald Trump winning would be good actually because he would expose the contradictions of capitalism mm-hmm. in a more uh, uh, cruel and brazen way than even Hillary Clinton. Uh, and and in some ways that 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 was true, but the reality was is that that didn't necessarily lead to a a, a rise of the of the left, but rather a a reflexive fear mm-hmm. on behalf of the broad voting base. So uh, what what maybe people hoped would happen would be after Trump, people would realize that the neoliberal Democrats. Uh, were failures that they couldn't even beat a demented, cognitively declined TV host slash mm-hmm. failed businessman, um, and and uh, they would go with Bernie Sanders or yeah. someone like Bernie. Yeah. And what actually what happened was is that they literally went with like the oldest, whitest. <laughs> Most establishment, 40, 40 years in the Senate and eight years as most Vice President like died. neoliberal Joe makes Biden. you remember
0: the old times. Like he he's the yeah, embodiment yeah, exactly. of that. Exactly, yeah. and,
1: and especially older voters. So what yeah. happened was is that it created a an aversion to change, and so this is a bit different because you're talking about a campaign. You're not talking about uh, what would happen if Paulie ever became prime minister, but just what happened if he ran. Honestly, it would probably embolden abc voting rhetoric mm. uh, it might expose some of the contradictions of the neoliberal system but honestly what it would do is just it would just it would probably be a bigger benefit to justin trudeau yeah um, i could see right that now, now yeah. uh, in general um you know that 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 that's a that's a a factor one one thing uh is that um is that it 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 would really create this this, this idea that, you know, only Trudeau can save us, blah, blah, blah. blah. It's the the first-past-the-post system. So ironic as it is, Trudeau keeps the system that makes a majority government with a right-wing conservative leader possible, (laughs) but it's also the system that gives him the greatest leverage to hold Canadians hostage man right? I feel like um, someone
0: should look into that I wonder yeah. if any you know young politician would have promised to get rid of that and didn't yeah. just well, ignore exactly. it for half a decade <laughs> yeah. you know that's weird that there's so much centralized power and it almost seems like some of these parties are just you know uh, mirrors of themselves that's really odd Christo I don't get it man yeah yeah I don't get it
1: either <laughs> but no I mean like look like the reality is that it, I, I I don't think it would be good I mean Maybe some mask off would be good in the sense that if you do want to avoid a conservative government, there is a chance that a mask off government would be would be better. Because if your goal is just to avoid conservatives, I don't think we have a lot of ABC listeners on our podcast, then out and out conservative honesty is toxic. And we've talked I don't know if we've talked about this, but I've written about it and I've talked about it on YouTube and other places. But like Doug Ford ran the centrist type campaign. Mm-hmm. At least relative to conservatives. Remember Tim Hudak. Yeah. Remember Tim Hudak, who ran openly on like I'm going to fire every fucking public servant in this province, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell them to like, like kiss my ass, basically, right? Like I'm being only
0: Catholicism. That's the he only ran, thing.
1: <laughs> he ran on an open platform of firing what was 100,000 workers or something. Yeah. Like, I remember? you that. remember this? Right. Yeah. And of 000. course, Ontarians who uh, by that point were starting to get tired of the the the, the Ontario Liberals uh, for good reason. We're like, well, I I can't fucking elect this guy, right? (laughs) I can't elect him. And so they threw a a majority back to the liberals in 2014, right? Doug Ford, he just fucking lied. No one's going to get laid off. No big policy changes. In fact, I'm not even going to have any policies. No budget. Nothing like that. Buck a beer like yes buck a beer i almost forgot buck a beer all of that right like almost no policies and when he did have policies they were like actually fairly centrist i'm not gonna cancel the uh guaranteed income pilot and then he fucking canceled the pilot he just fucking lied he did the justin trudeau it's the Mm -hmm. smart thing to do just fucking lie if you're a conservative hey free advice to concert just fucking lie because (laughs) your policies are not popular They're not, and so Aaron O'Toole is actually probably the kind of guy you need. He's 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 unthreatening in most ways. He's not he's not a a social progressive, but he's not on the right wing on his party on either economic or social issues. And you know he's he didn't run on an open platform of massive tax cuts for the rich and massive budget cuts. He didn't run on a zero deficit pledge. None of that stuff, Mm -hmm. right? Even if he would have done any or all of those things, he didn't run on it. But if and and, and as a result, in part, he got a, a, you know, plurality of the vote. I do wonder if you you pick a a, a person that's going to run as a clear ideological conservative, that it's not going to work. Like it's not going to work. Yeah, You, if you, you, say, you have convinced me with fire. the way this
0: system works. Like just yeah. with first past the post, even though we have the NDP and even though he is by far the most popular yeah. leader and even though he yeah. has uh, policies but, that but are but not extremely with left, left first
1: wing. First past the post, though, yeah. the, the, is that it is possible they could win. None of this is a guarantee yes. because, again, yeah. if you look at the numbers... And, of course, it would depend on how big the swing is and where it happens. But, you know, 3% of liberal voters switching directly to the conservatives, which is more than plausible. Just 3% of the, the current liberal voting base, you know, goes to... So, If you, in the last election, the if we br- bring up the data here, if we bring up the 2021 election, not the current polling, but let's just look at the election, because um, the polling is always volatile. Uh, Trudeau got 32.6, Aaron O'Toole 33.7. So let's say Trudeau got 33, Aaron O'Toole got 34. If you give 3% of that liberal vote, just a straight three-point swap, which is not unreasonable, um, then all of a sudden it's 29-37. Mm-hmm. You know, or 30-37. And then O'Toole likely wins at least a minority at 37-30. to 30, uh, And maybe a majority if his vote is distributed well. And so under a first-past-the-post system... Uh, a scandal hits at the right time and, and Canadians are just tired of the current government even a far even a far right conservative could win uh, yeah. at least if, uh, if they're not on a few key buzz issues right like far right economically could probably win yeah wow and so Jesus. but i do think it's harder but i do think yeah. it's harder
0: Okay, uh, so I, I do think that's interesting. We're, we're just, if you got any more, we're just running out of time here. We're going to finish up. Uh, I would love to know what our Discord community thinks. And, of course, they're on Twitter. If you want to join it up, uh, patreon.com slash left turn Canada. Who do you think will be the next leader if O'Toole gets the boot? And if he doesn't, you know, how will he survive? Uh, anything else to close it up before we go there, Christo?
1: Uh, Nope Um, uh, Another question Who leaves Ottawa first The truckers or Aeronautal
0: Alright let's see by next week Hopefully we'll have an answer (laughs) Who will be gone folks We love them Our beautiful truckers We love them